Welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, Episode 8. I'm Emily Minton. And I'm Reverend Ronald Flores. And on today's show, we are going to discuss the Hanged Man Tarot card, our investigation that we did at the St. Augustine Lighthouse back in April. We're going to learn about the solar plexus chakra and what it means now that Saturn has moved into Pisces. Let's get started. All right, so on this week's episode, we are going to learn about the Hanged Man Tarot card. Ronnie is going to tell us all about what that card represents if it is pulled during one of your tarot readings. I had a, a reading done when I was in Scotland a couple of weeks ago, and that one came up. So the I want to, the Hangman did. So it's interesting to me to see what you have to say about it. Yeah, uh, with every tarot card, this has a lot going on in it. So I made notes because as much as I know about tarot, I don't want to forget to mention anything. Uh, it, it has to do with the number four, because in this card, if you can see that, he's actually creating the number four with his legs. And the number four creates order. Okay, that's what the number four represents, creating order, creating balance, creating structure, things like that. He is in a meditative state. So he is actually creating order within himself to, you know, he's putting a plan together to move forward with his path. But right now he's kind of in that um, that fine, delicate uh, middle between I know what I want to do and I don't know what I want to do. And I know what my purpose is and I don't know what my purpose is. So he said, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to hang upside down for whatever reason put a number four on my legs to show that I'm creating order. And then around his head is actually yellow for the solar plexus chakra, which funny enough, we're talking about today. Also too, this is the number, okay, in Roman numerals, it is X11 one, one is 22, right? I mean- X is 10, so that would be 12. 12, right, 12, I'm there. <laughs> and and uh, 12 comes out to the number three in numerology, mm -hmm. one plus two is three which three represents growth. So he's growing within his meditative state. He's putting the plan together, things like that. In his, uh, in this card, he has red pants and we know that red goes to the root chakra and he's, and, and that represents grounding. So he's grounding. He's doing all of this stuff at one time, but more importantly, he's focusing on what he wants. There is nobody else in this card. There's no other distractions in this card. It is just him. He's showing that he's going through this meditative process and he's ready to move forward very soon with whatever he's coming up with in this meditation. I think that's mostly everything. If I were to draw this card for money, I would suggest that it would say something like, before you make a purchase or whatever, you may want to take a step back and say, a, do I really need that? Uh, B, how is it going? What purpose is it going to serve in my life? And you should take those questions and really meditate with it. Get into the meditative state. Obviously, don't hang upside down. You know, <laughs> you can you can do meditation in, in many ways, which we've talked about before on another episode. Um, as a matter of fact, I did forget to mention that. On the red legs on the chakra, we talked about that chakra in episode four. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to link that for people. So okay. it should be somewhere on the screen right now for anyone who wants to check out and see what the root chakra actually means. But anyways, and that just threw me off track. So anyways, that's kind of <laughs> what that card means. And again, it's a it's not a good card. It's not a bad card. It's just saying take time for yourself and really uh, 
evaluate your life, your spiritual life too. Don't yeah. forget that. Yeah, I think that was what they were telling me over there was the spiritual kind of the side of it. He did the the Celtic cross layout. So I can't remember. I wrote it all down, but I, I can't remember exactly where it fell. But basically, he, he was saying the same thing. And I didn't even think about the colors of his clothes, like the red pants and the green shirt. Like, I didn't think about any of that. That's interesting. Yeah, he's doing it from the heart with intention, which is the green. And funny enough, the green is on the shirt, which is where, where the heart chakra is. And the red is the pants, which is grounding. And so, it all comes together. There you go. Actually, in the picture, he has the yellow around his head representing solar plexus, making decisions, gut decisions, things like that. And his shoes are yellow. Meaning he's beginning and ending with the solar plexus. There's a lot in that card. Really That's going to tie in too when we talk a little bit about astrology later on today um, to a lot of what we're going to say about that. That's really interesting yep. though. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. That is very interesting. Um, we're going to go into, and I know we've been promising you guys forever now about the St. Augustine Lighthouse and, and telling, telling you about our investigation there. Um, May was kind of a crazy month. Um, so we're, we're getting back into the swing of things now. Um, but I, I wanted to, as we get started with this, give you a little bit of history on the lighthouse. Most of you guys have heard of the lighthouse, especially if you're into the paranormal and you, you, you do watch a lot of the, the shows on TV. I know, um, ghost hunters years and years ago came here and did an episode and, you know, found, got a really great video of an apparition there. And I, I want to say at that point, not that that's when the paranormal investigation started by any means, but it really picked up there. Now the, the lighthouse does um, tours where they bring in groups of like 25 people and you can walk around for a couple of hours. I've done those before. They're not as fun because there's a lot of people. Um, when we did it with just our team, there were six of us there and that was it other than the, the two girls that were there as like, I'm not going to call them tour guides. They were just kind of there as volunteers if we needed anything. They sat in a, a separate building. Um, but just a quick history of the lighthouse. Um, those of you who are not from Northeast Florida, St. Augustine sits on an inlet. It sits on the Atlantic Ocean. And where the lighthouse is, it's on Anastasia Island. So back in 1586, the Spanish built a watchtower there to look for, obviously they didn't have electricity, but they were looking for ships. They were looking for enemies that were coming in. Um, over time, that watchtower um, fell into the ocean. It was destroyed. Um, and then in 1737, it was rebuilt out of Coquina. Those of you who are not from here, Coquina is everywhere around here. There's houses built out of it. There's buildings. I mean, it's just everywhere. It's just a material um, out of, of shells and invertebrates and um it really does it had like mollusks you can like walk down the streets and in, in houses and stuff and you can see the little mollusks in there um you know it's made out of shells yeah i mean there's all kind of shells and it's you don't want to lean against it no or <laughs> yeah. no you do not you do not but it's very plentiful here and like i said it's it's very common um and so this tower in 1737 was built out of that coquina um it eventually again you know, fell apart. And so they rebuilt in 1823, a new taller tower. And this one remained in its spot until the civil war. And it didn't break or anything at that point. They just took the light out because they didn't want to aid the union soldiers. They didn't want to say, Hey, you know, here we are, come and get us. So they took the light out, um, until after the civil war. Now at that point, that lighthouse, cause it was also a Coquina lighthouse, it began, the, the the beach underneath it began to erode. Um, and 
eventually after the new lighthouse was built, this old one kind of fell into the sea. And there's pictures online you can see of like the remains of this old Coquina lighthouse. The base of it is still visible today. It just really looks like when the tide goes out, it just looks like a piece of sand. But you can kind of see some of the the foundation of it. Um, So at that point in 1871, they decided to build a new lighthouse. And this is the one that stands today. It was completed in 1874. It was built, um, a a lot of it on the backs of African-American workers, Native American workers. Um, but that's the lighthouse that we see today. That's the one that we go into. That's what, 145 years old? Mm -hmm. I science, I don't math, so I don't know. Um, so that lighthouse has been in operation for that long. And every, um, lighthouse has lighthouse keepers. And there have been about 17 lighthouse keepers since that new building was built. Every lighthouse keeper is going to have their family there. There's two assistants that are there with them. They they take um, eight-hour shifts. So someone is always making sure that light is on, especially before it became electrical back in the 60s. So they um, the, the, the main jobs of the lighthouse keepers were to take the 30 there's 30 pound buckets of well lard that they were using to power this light up I, how many stairs is oh it? 214 god. stairs oh my god and, and i've climbed it to the top and we did it into the investigation too it is so many stairs you literally look up and you're not even close to done yeah you're it's like insane. this this has got to be it this it's has got to be it yeah it's not ever <laughs> it's an eternal climb yeah um it's so tall, but they would do that several times a night, you know, bring up this bucket of well lard. Then the light itself was on a, a some sort of wind up thing that they were they would have to wind it up so that it would spin. The light itself was 275 pounds. This was not a job for a weakling. You know, this is a person <laughs> yeah. who is strong and, you know, they're they're doing this in shifts with their assistants. Um not only those jobs, not only do they have to do those jobs, but sometimes they even, you know, if a, a ship wrecked, they would go out and help rescue the passengers. They, that was documented, I know, at least twice in the historical archives of the lighthouse keeper going out and saving people's lives, actually. Wow. Now, um, the way that it's laid out, and I plan on putting this on Instagram so that you guys can kind of see the way it's laid out. Is there's the lighthouse, and then across from it, um, like across from this little courtyard, very small courtyard, is the lighthouse keeper's house. Now, that house, I'm not sure what year it was built, but I know it burnt down in 1970. Everything burnt down except the basement, um, which they call Phillips Room now. Um, it was deemed, the St. John's County um, deemed it ready for destruction. They were going to just tear it down and get rid of it. The Junior Service League came in. And put money into renovating it. Now it's a maritime museum, which I'm so thankful that they did. What a horrible piece of history to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not real sure what started the fire. It's called suspicious activity. So we're not real sure, you know, why that started, but it did, and it burned it down. Um, like I said, the basement was the only thing uh, pretty much left standing. Um, so you have the lighthouse, you have the keeper's house across from that. On the outside of the gates, there's a trail that goes. I believe it goes back to the beach, and then there's. Um, past the lighthouse if you keep going out the other gates they have some like archaeological um information out there they have some little setups out there where like this is what the kitchen looked like this is what this looked like um they have some educational buildings out there and then what's important to our discussion today is the oak trees that kind of line the other side of it now on the other side of the lighthouse there is an elementary school there's homes there's the 
St. Augustine Amphitheater with concerts right down the road. So there, this is not some isolated place. This is a very active area. A lot of things are going on. When we started the the um, investigation, we, we couldn't get there until 1045. And there was concert down the road wrapping up. So, you know, at the beginning, we were having to weed through that sound because you could hear the music from them wrapping up their concert. You can hear, you know, people talking in the woods on the other side, you know, for a little while anyway, until it kind of got too late for that. So... That's kind of the history of it in a nutshell. There's, you know, documents and documents and documents where you guys can go and you can see pictures online of what the old watchtowers looked like and the maps of where everything sat. And it's pretty cool. But as far as paranormal experiences go, while the lighthouse was being built in 1873, um, the keeper and his family that were living there at the time, there were four children, um, I believe three girls and a boy. And one of their favorite things to do was to get in this little cart that they were using to move materials from one place to another. And they would ride the cart down the hill to the beach, get out, put it back at the top of the hill, get back in and ride back down. And to keep them from going into the beach, into the ocean, there was like a, a, a board set up there that would stop the cart. And they would get out, you know, walk it back up. Sounds like a good time to me. I would have probably done the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not like they were being mis- you know, mischievous or anything. It was fun. And they were out of their parents' hair, I'm sure, and while this thing was being built. Um, one, of the, one of the times that they did that, it was the three girls, not the son, but the three girls. And then the record stayed an African-American child as well. So they think it was one of the um, construction crews, construction crews children that was in there playing with these little girls and they would write it down building it up write it down bring it up well the day that they decided to do this someone had moved that plank and so they wrote it down the plank didn't stop them but when they went into the ocean the cart flipped over on top of them Mm. someone saw it happen got down there as quick as they could um, but by the time they got down there um, three of the girls had died the youngest lighthouse keeper's daughter named carrie she survived but the other three passed away. They drowned. And those three girls, um, they think, are part of the activity there at the lighthouse. Now, there is a rumor story that there was um, a little girl up on the walkway at the very top and the storm came through and blew her into the ocean. I haven't found proof of that ever That's a happened. long way. That's a long way. Um, I mean, it's not a long way, but to be carried by a storm into the ocean... Yeah, it'd be a tornado. It would have to be a hurricane. I mean, it would ha- it would really have yeah. to be. Um, I've not found any proof of that happening. It's just one of those things you kind of hear through the grapevine that she's up on the catwalk up there. Um, again, I've never seen her. I will tell you, I've been to the catwalk, as have you, and it is windy. It is. I mean, even on a calm day, it's windy up there because it's so high up. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say I believe it or I don't. I haven't. It hadn't been proven to me. Yeah. Um, some of the volunteers there are still having experiences. One of them had their shoelaces tied to the stairs. They were standing on the stairs doing something and went to go move and their shoelace was then tied to the stair, um, which would be horrible because then it would just be the end of me. I would just <laughs> yeah. put, put, put the whole way down. <laughs> it yeah. would just be the end. Um, there is, um, there was a lighthouse keeper. I wrote down what year and I don't remember now off the top of my head, 1854. So, um, her name was Maria Andrew, first woman lighthouse keeper in the United States of America. Her husband Joseph was the keeper. He went to to paint the inside of the stair of the lighthouse at some point and fell and died in the lighthouse. Um, 
she then took over. The, the citizens of St. Augustine came together and said, she knows what she's doing. She's been watching him and helping him do this for so long. Just let her do it. So she is actually in the Coast Guard records as the first um, you know, woman Coast Guard member. Wow. Which is really cool. And, and not only the first uh, woman, but the first um, Hispanic woman in the Coast Guard ever. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but she is said to be up on the catwalk, to be seen mm-hmm. up on the catwalk every once in a while. And I have an experience that can kind of maybe relate to that i'll share with you guys in just a little bit um i remember the first time that i actually went to the saint augustine lighthouse after i finally got up the stairs (laughs) i gripped the wall because it's round right so i was walking around this wall because i was petrified and there was a lady doing the same thing and i looked at her and she looked at me and i was like lady one of us is going to let go of the wall and it's not me. So we decided to keep hanging onto the wall and go back to where we came from. Uh, and we went back to the lighthouse. But there was no way that I would get even close to the rail. No, no way. None. It's it's something. It's something. I You know, my, my family and I went up one time and the kids were not hanging on it, but they were standing at the rail. And I just wanted, you know, you're trying to like let them live life. But at the same time, I'm like, get away. <laughs> and they're teenagers. Yeah. Um, they're, the kids have been known to play hide and seek um, with people at the at the mm-hmm. lighthouse. So there's a lot of activity there. Um, some's been documented. Some is personal experience. Now, saying that, I'm going to give this disclaimer. I am a firm believer in these places have been over investigated, and I you and I talk about this a lot. I how many times can someone come? I mean, because they do this, you know, they they have the every every weekend the tour with the 25 people that come in and do their own little investigations. And then they do these private ones, um, like what our group did after that. So every weekend this is happening, mm-hmm. and not just weekends, but there's some sure weeknights when paranormal investigators are coming in. These spirits are sick of us. And I think that's my takeaway <laughs> from this investigation is they're done. They are over it. Like, just leave us alone already. Yeah. Um, we did not get a ton of visual evidence during this investigation. We got several EVPs, but I think our the the most um, evidence that we got were personal experiences mm-hmm. because there was a lot of I don't want to call it negative energy in the lighthouse because I don't I, I don't like that. I think they're just aggravated. I think they're done. Like I said, they don't, they're done with us. So we got a lot of that in the lighthouse. We'll talk about the oak trees out on the other side. There was a lot of activity. Now, my husband and I did the little 25 people tour one night several months ago, and it was only 10 of us, actually. 25 people didn't show up. And during that time, the little trail that goes back to the beach, there was a woman in Victoria Garb that I saw just as a medium standing there. And I told my husband about her and she was fine. Like I did not, she did not bother me. She was not, you know, upset. But there's a part of the trail that you can go on, guys, and it forks. And I could go left, but I physically couldn't make myself go right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid of, I live in the woods. Like I'm not afraid to be outside at night by myself. And my husband was with me. I could not make myself go down there. So there was something down there that didn't want me down there. Um, so I was very determined this go round with you guys when we we went as a group to film that area uh, because I was I'm certain something was down there. But when we went, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Like I could go down the path. I could go. So it was something just that night. 
Now, um, the other thing that I saw when I went previously was over in those oaks, there was a woman and her son playing in those trees. And that's going to come up again a little bit later. So let's kind of fast forward. I gave you guys the background. This investigation that, that we did in April, we set up four cameras. We set one up on the trail, one pointing towards the oaks, but not in the oaks because the cord wouldn't reach that far. It's pretty far away. One in the lighthouse pointing up. Um, one in Phillip's room, which is the basement of the keeper's house. Now, in the lighthouse, we also had a voice recorder up on the second floor landing mm-hmm. by, there's a, a bucket that they used to carry the lard up in. They just have it on display there. We set that recorder up in the in the lighthouse. And we also, at the bottom of the lighthouse, there's two rooms. I'm not sure if they used to be offices or what, but now they have uh, antiques and, and I don't want to call them antiques, just pieces of the lighthouse there. You know, they're, they're pipes, they're clothes, they're things like that. So we set the rim pot up in one of those. So you need to know that to understand what we're getting ready to tell you because mm-hmm. a lot of that is going to come into play later. Um, we also divided up into teams. So there were four groups of two for the most part, except mm-hmm. for a couple of times that kind of divided and conquered because we only had two hours to do this and a lot of stuff to cover. Did you need to add anything to that? I feel like I'm doing all the talking. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. I have a lot to say. <laughs> Um, so I'll, I'll be talking about solar plexus soon. So okay. Fine. <laughs> um, so when we started, one of our team members went in. Now, this team member is a dear, dear friend of mine. I, he's been, you know, a, a part of my family for 15 years. He is gifted with mediumship and is just kind of now coming into it, like realizing this is what that is. This is, you know, I can do this. And I don't think we, or myself anyway, took it seriously enough. I don't think we did an open, did we do an opening prayer that night? Mm -hmm. I think we did. But he wasn't protected enough when he went in there. So when he got in there, he and, and his wife were the team to the lighthouse, in the lighthouse first. He came down pretty quick because he was sick. Something in there made him sick. It was attacking him. And he's, He's a retired Navy veteran. He's a tough guy. He's not a, a wimp by any means, but it made him physically ill where his body was shaking. Um, so he had to come down real quick. And we kind of changed plans at that point. And you and I and he, and did John go with us that time? I think it was just the three of us that time. Yeah. Oh, no, John was with us. Was he with yeah. us that time? We went back up. Um, actually, no, it was just me and Dave the first time. I'm so sorry. Because you, we, the four of us went later. Right. So, so he and I went up first, and I'm going with him to kind of show him this is how you kind of calm yourself. This is what it's going to feel like. Um, and we went up to the fourth landing, which is exhausting, by the way. I am way too out of shape to be doing this. Um, and we asked for a knock that we could hear. We just kind of we sat there for a little bit. He got his. His breath, he calmed down. He was fine at this point. Um, So we asked for a knock that we could hear. Now, the whole time we're up there, the REM pod's going off downstairs because my feeling is they didn't want us up there. Again, they're done. Mm -hmm. And they kept trying to get us to go back down. And I feel like it was, hey, look at me. You know, look at over here. Look over here. Kind of thing to get us to go downstairs. Um, So I'm going to, or we're going to play a clip for you. It's the first one. And you can hear us say, can you knock where we can hear it? 
you're not going to hear a knock. What you're going to hear is the REM pod again, because we say, can you can you do something that we can hear? So let's listen to that and we can talk a little bit more about it. So that was it. Um, it's, and that's what it did for a while was just try to redirect us downstairs and wanted us to get back downstairs. Mic check. Okay. We're good. Okay. Um, later in the evening, we asked again. And what I'm doing, guys, is I'm going through all the evidence in the lighthouse first just to try to organize it because it was a lot of. Oh, we're going back. Yeah, we're going back. I'm just gonna um, in yeah. So later in the evening, we asked again for a sound. And um, we're going to play this a couple of times to see if you can hear it before I tell you what is said. So if you'll play that one. Two. Two. Did you hear it? Yes. Okay. I don't know if you've heard this yet or not. I haven't. Okay. So at the end of that. It was the, like that, right? No, that was you. You said, if if you can make a noise like this, or, or how did you word it? You said something like, can you make a noise like this? And you knocked not. on the wall. Did you hear what it said after that? I did not. Okay. Play it again. You can hear us climbing the stairs. Did you hear it that time? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. So he said, if there's anybody here with us, can you? And you knocked on the wall and they said, no. Yeah. (laughs) They're done. (laughs) No, we're done playing games with you. We're not knocking (laughs) on things. We're done. Um, and, so, and then the audio too it's so echoey yes. in that so you guys got to imagine this lighthouse is really tall and it's nothing but cement or whatever it is made out of mm-hmm. concrete or whatever and the steps are metal so there's nothing in there to cushion sound mm-hmm. it is so echoey in there that it's really hard to get a, a decent mm-hmm. recording if it, it really is. And even if there's no one in there, there's still the noises that the, the sound energy that comes in still vibrates off the walls all from, the way up and yeah. back down and back up. And I mean, it's crazy. It's tough to get to get a clear audio. So you are going to hear a lot of it, you called it tinny sounding earlier. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like. It's just you're in a big chamber <laughs> yeah. and the sounds bouncing off the walls constantly. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now, this next clip I'm going to let you talk about because this is when you and John were up there by yourselves. And this is when you felt that it was not, it didn't want you up there. Okay. So if you want to listen to it and then you can talk about it a little bit. Okay. So I remember that as we were climbing the stairs, um, I was keeping an open mind to the energies that are there. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up on something that, and and toward the end of the investigation, I actually realized that it's it's not anything that was malevolent or whatever. It, like you said, it just was done. It didn't want us there and it made it known. Like this guy was pissed. Yeah. He's like, that's it, I'm done, you know, whatever. But the energy that he was giving off made me feel like it was something bad and I didn't connect into it for that reason, so I wouldn't have known. Um, it, again, it wasn't until later that I actually um, re- recognized that it wasn't anything bad. But the pressure that I felt from that energy was just like too much. It became heavy. It was hard to breathe. It was just get out. You had all of the warning signs to get the heck out of there fast. Yeah. And so you even heard me say, make a note for the recorder and let's just go or whatever, you yeah. know. And and so I do remember that. It wasn't a good feeling at all. So the um, you were talking earlier about how, uh, what's his name? I, I Dave. Yeah. How he was feeling that kind of stuff. So I recognized exactly what he was feeling, and now I know why he got sick, especially if he didn't leave, because I don't think he did. He just kept on pushing through, and that probably wasn't the best idea, um, but he did it, and so I can only imagine how it felt just staying in that energy. Yeah, because I remember I was down at the table where the monitor was when you guys came out. You were like, nope, not going back in there without right. another psychic, not doing it. Yeah. And and it was almost, I'm not going to say you, were, you weren't you were panicking in any way, but you were very determined. You're like. I was uh, taking like, no. precaution. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't mind tapping into the energy, but I didn't want to be up there with nobody who wasn't experienced either. So. Right. Right. It was. And that's what I mean, guys, by personal experiences. We can't record that feeling on a device that I own. I mean, we can't do it. It's just. These feelings that you get where you're you're being made to feel panicked, you're being made to feel sick, you're being, these things can affect you that way if you don't protect yourself um, properly. And we talked about this in the second episode, you know, how to protect yourself during these investigations. Yeah. Um, so moving on. I don't know what we're at for time, but moving on. So we, so Dave and I by ourselves are back up on that third floor landing and he's still trying to kind of catch his breath and and figure out kind of what's going on. And I tell him to sit down and I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. Now I have two recorders. One was on the windowsill and one was in my hand. The one in my hand was off. So everything you're about to hear was being recorded from two floors down in that windowsill. Um, 
I'm just going to let you play it. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. So you're going to hear Dave and I, you can go ahead and hit it, play. You're going to hear us talking a little bit, kind of in whispers, and then you're going to hear what you need to hear. Did you hear it? Yep. So that's, and I don't know, we may want to play it one more time for people to hear again. Okay. Do you mind? Okay, so what's happened is we were sitting, he was sitting on a bench and I was kind of standing across from him. Again, two floors up and next to this microphone is what it sounds like to me is this voice is next to the microphone on the windowsill Mm -hmm. because you can hear our voices are a lot more muffled up. This is pretty clear and it just says, you got me. Yeah. And I don't know what that means. I have goosebumps on my legs. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know who it was, but it was pretty clear. Um. Just for sake of time, I'm not going to put all of these on here, but there was um, the next part of this that I heard was the microphone that was up in the lighthouse. While no one was in there, there's these clicks that you can hear. It sounds like someone's moving the microphone. It, it sounds like it's just being moved around a little bit. I didn't put it all in that clip. And you, I can put those on Instagram too, so we don't have to play it all on here. But I didn't put, I, I, I didn't even like stop the recording at that point. I just, kind of gave a a small clip of it, but it sounds like someone's moving the microphone around. Um, Now, the next, we're going to kind of move out of the lighthouse at this point. We're going to go over to those oaks that are past the lighthouse um, on the other side. And this was Ronnie and John and my husband, Mike and myself. And we were over by those oaks. And I sensed that the boy was there again. You felt the boy there again. And we were just trying to communicate with him and get him to interact with us a little bit. now, in this clip, <laughs> I was very amazed <laughs> by... In, in shock. <laughs> I was very in shock because I asked him to do something and he does it. Now, there's going to be some cussing and it's not kind cussing. It was a lot of cussing on my part. And I apologize for that. So if you need to fast forward about 30 seconds, go for it. But it just, I mean, it shows you my true reaction to yeah, what happened. Yeah, we actually honestly debated whether or not to beep it out. And at the end of the day, we just decided, you know what? It was a legit reaction. Let's keep it as is. So you guys can fast forward if you want. But if not, then here we go. Oh, it's seven. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah. That was the clicks. That's literal. Or if that's just him showing me that way. I don't know. How far up in this tree can you climb? Can you climb up to that branch and make the leaves move? I bet you can't do it. Holy yeah, fucking shit. <laughs> the whole branch. This one right here. Oh my god. Just as soon as she said that, it You did it! Great that. job. I think I was explaining it That's to That's amazing. John I can't do that. Yeah. So what was happening is we were sitting by those trees and I said, can you, can you touch that branch up there? Now keep in mind, guys, you know how skeptical we are and how we're black and white about this stuff. There was no wind. There was nothing to make one lone tree branch move. 
the exact tree branch that I had just asked him to move. It moved. And then after it moved, it stopped. It wasn't like, oh, the wind just moved, you know, how that kind of slowly stops. It stopped. It was crazy. The thing about us is like, for us, it's natural that as soon as something like that happens, after we get off, after we get over the initial shock of it, (laughs) um, then we kind of just come back down and we're like, okay, immediately debunk it. Yeah. How do we debunk that? What could it have been? We looked around the surrounding areas. There was no wind blowing. There was nothing happening. None of the other branches were moving. Yeah. So, um, but that's a good thing about us is that we immediately debunk it. We don't say, oh my God, that's it right there. Right. Of course, it freaks us out because we just asked it to do that. And we're so excited. Yeah. And you get really excited. It's just like in a reading too. You get an exact date. You're like, oh, my god so it's good to see that but um yeah though we debunk immediately yeah so that was a really cool piece of evidence unfortunately we didn't have a camera that that was able to reach that far we didn't get it on film this is the times when i wish that we had like our own tv show where the camera crew just followed us everywhere to catch every single thing unfortunately who needs anything to do (laughs) exactly (laughs) we can find plenty just want to follow us around with a camera um and that's re- the reality of paranormal investigating, though. You're not going to catch everything on video. And I remember, too, while we were over there, um, I was standing behind you. You were, you were, I don't know, maybe, what, 30 feet in front of me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw in my head the little boy playing with a dog. Yes. And I screamed out, t- say something about the dog. And you were like, oh, my God, I just heard the dog, yes. too. So that was good confirmation, especially for psychics, that we were literally getting the same message at the same time. Yep. That was really cool. And there was another instance over there. There was like another little house that I kept getting pulled to. Like there was something in that house. That's where the boy lived. I don't know. But there was something in this house. And I was walking over to it. Um, and again, for sake of time, I'm not going to play all of this. But it felt like someone reached up. I told Ryan, it felt like someone touched my butt. But it wasn't like it was like the bottom top of my leg kind of thing. And almost like a kid just was reaching mm-hmm. up to... Get my attention, attention, which made me so sad. I was like, poor (laughs) child. But talking about that, I want to show you guys a picture that we took. Um, I'm going to point out what we can see in it. I'm going to see if you see it first. So it's the first picture there. And it's circled. Uh, Is it not working? Oh, wait. Yeah, we have to bring it up here. Oh, there it is. So it's circled what you can see there. Um, Can you if if you use the mouse, can you point it out? Because I'm going to like try and touch I, it like it's, I, I can't. OK, so in the not the big branch, but the one on top of it. And I'll put this on Instagram as well. Yeah, it looks like a person, a small person sitting on the tree branch. Yeah. With his feet dangling off. Yep. So I'll put that on Instagram. That was the oaks that we were talking about where we were asking him to move branches and stuff. Also in those same oaks was a very interesting picture that another investigator took. I don't know how I feel about this. So we decided, uh, Ronnie and I decided to let you guys kind of weigh in on what you think. So Ronnie, if you want to put that one on the screen, it's the 7375. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's in that circle there. I'm not sure what to think about that. I don't know if it's uh, uh, the way the the light's coming through tree branches, but it almost looks like some sort of Jim Henson goblin Muppet, you know? Yeah, and again, for those who are just listening and not actually watching... You're more than welcome to go to. You Inst- said yeah, I'll Instagram. put it on Instagram. Okay. And it's also going to be on the Black Creek Paranormal page. I'll put it on there too. The Facebook page. Gotcha. Um, now, 
There were two investigators doing a spirit box session in the bottom of the lighthouse. And the last thing I'll say about it, uh, well, two things, two more things. They were doing the spirit box section and they came out. We weren't in there with them. They did not record it, unfortunately, but they got the words active. They got the word teacher and they got the word Ron all within two or three minutes of each other. Now, for those of you who do not know, I am a teacher. This is Ron. (laughs) So we thought that was very interesting that they pulled those particular words. Then at the end, we always do like a a group picture when we do these investigations. Um, We're going to put the group picture up here for you guys, but we can't. The technology is not being our friend today. But Ronnie texts me and he goes, look at this. And it, he zoomed in on one of the windows at the top of the lighthouse. And you want to show him what you saw? Yeah, this is when we were leaving, too, mm-hmm. by the way, this for is the a little end, backstory. Yeah. We were gathering equipment. We were done. And somebody said, hey, let's take a group picture for social media, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And then as I was looking through the pictures, uh, we were reviewing footage. And I zoomed in because I was like, what is? what are the odds that somebody's looking through that window? And sure enough, pretty good. F- a face clear as day. Um, watching us leave like they were happy. Which one? So this happy. one? It was uh, three. Oh. Oh, and you can still see us. Hi. Yeah, hi. Um, anyways, right there in the in the center of the screen, in the circle, you can see what looks like, and almost too, it looks like his hair is folded over, mm-hmm. like coming down a little bit, but you can see his eyes and nose and mouth and the structure of his head, and he's watching. I wish we could show them the picture because... We're literally standing right in front of that lighthouse, and he's looking mm-hmm. at basically what would be our backs as yeah. we're taking this picture. So, See ya. yeah, he's. And the thing about that window, guys, is even if you were to stand in front of that window on the inside, you might come up to the first pane. Right. A human is not going to that, stand. Right. There's that no tall. way because there's nothing even in there to stand on. Right. It's it's, it's a, a huge window. It's a smooth concrete wall yeah. around that window. Yeah. So that was a great picture that you caught. I wouldn't have even thought to zoom in on that. That was yeah. really, really cool. So that was our investigation at the lighthouse. Um, we really didn't catch much on video. There was one little flash. That we caught. Yeah, it's hard because of yeah. all of the bugs. It was outside. The lighthouse is not closed up. Mm-mm. It's wide open. So it's just difficult to be able to distinguish between ghosts and orbs and, you know. And, and, and just dust and bugs. Yeah. And, and you know, I have a, a list of things that I sat and watched these hours and hours and hours of footage. And it's so disappointing because it's, it's literally, you know, eight, ten hours of footage that I'm watching. And like nothing. But we do have the flash, though. So we got that one little flash. If we want to play that, um, it's towards the end here. You're going to get to about 18 seconds. It's going to be on the left side of your screen. Is it a bug that just flew from top to bottom? I don't know. You can see the little bugs flying around back there, guys. That's nothing paranormal. That's just insects because, you know, Florida. Yeah, it's coming up right in just a few seconds on the left-hand side. Stare there. You're about to see it in just a second. There it is. What was that? I don't know. Who knows? Is it a bug that flew straight down? Was it somebody's shoulder? Was it? I, I don't know. That is the area that I saw the lady in the last time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's something. It is. So we want you guys to help us figure out what it is. Yep. Alrighty. So that's our investigation on the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Um, they do the tours all the time. Again, they just want us to leave them alone. That's my takeaway. Yeah. Just, people, we're done. We're done with this. We're not a horse and pony show for you to entertain yourself like this right. is this is you know people so i think they're just kind of over it yeah i agree moving on to the solar plex chakra which is i think our last segment for today 
Are we done after this? We're going to talk about Saturn and Pisces. Oh, we're at 43 right. minutes. Yeah, we are pushing it, huh? We'll see. All right. So, and, and this fast. is just real quick anyways. Um, the solar plex chakra is located right between, somewhere in between the belly button and the bottom of the rib cage-ish area, somewhere in there. The color of it is yellow, like we talked about earlier in our, um, our uh, tarot card. The element is fire. The sense for the physical body is sight. The mantra, so as you're sitting in your meditation and you're doing your ohms, the mantra for this chakra is wrong. It's R-A-N-G, but it's actually uh, spelled R-A-M. So it's pronounced wrong, but it's wrong. The yantra symbol is a 10-petaled lotus with a downward pointing triangle. The stone that correlates to this chakra, which you can use to heal this chakra, is the golden or yellow tourmaline. And funny enough, if you heat that one, because we've talked about heated stones and stuff, if you heat it, cool it, or rub it, it creates an electrical, um, what did I write? Electri it, it becomes electrically charged. Oh. And it has a positive and negative on each end. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty crazy. That's interesting. It also promotes clear thinking, goal setting, problem solving, and stuff like that. Just a little backstory on the tourmaline. The uh, solar plex chakra has a lot to do with decision making. Again, with the hanged man, you want to step back. You want to reevaluate what you're thinking about doing and things like that. The um, How does that play into your gut feelings? Actually, and this is more of a physical feeling. Because if you feel like we all know that feeling, like r right when you're about to buy a car and you're like, I know I can't do this, but I got to anyways. That's the solar plex chakra going, don't do this. Please don't do it. Uh, so it's more of the gut feeling, the physical feeling, but you can feel it in your spirit too. You just have to be able to understand what's happening and be able to acknowledge that feeling. I'm actually posting a, a little short snippet on the Outside the Crystal Ball Facebook on... I oh on the ninth at nine nine o'clock on the Facebook. So if you haven't followed us yet on Facebook, go do that now at I, outside the crystal ball and look out for that blog post on the ninth at nine. The link will be in the description for the Facebook page, and that's pretty much all for the solar plex chakra. It's all about that physical feel. It's more of a physical chakra than it is anything. How do you know if it's not imbalance? When you go to make decisions, you just can't. Mm -hmm. And whenever you want to start that creative side, like kind of attach it to the sacral chakra and you can't, you'll know. When you start saying I can't a lot is when you'll know you probably need a few things. And one of those may be to balance and align the solar plexus chakra. Get it back in order. Is your clear sentience tied into the solar plexus chakra? Uh, clear sentience is actually tied into every chakra along with every clear that's out there. But each chakra has a sense. And this one is, what did I say? Sight. Oh, okay. So, yes. Sorry. <laughs> but again, it's more the physical sight because if you're clairsentient, the sight that we're talking about is metaphysical. It's psychic sight. It's not, I can see out your window that there's trees blowing. It's not that. It's your mom's telling me how she was when she was alive type sight, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there is a, a, a really big difference between the two. But this this does go to your physical sight. Yeah. Very cool. I can't wait to see that on the Facebook page. And I'll try and link it to the Instagram on the Outside the Crystal Ball Instagram page so that everybody can see it. Um, yeah, thank you. And then we'll do the, what's the next one? The heart chakra? Green? Yep. 
Yep, green. And we'll do that in two weeks. Next week, I think we actually do another episode of Psychic Games. Yay! By the way, for all of you who love Psychic Games, um, we're doing that next podcast, which we actually film tomorrow. But yep. we'll post in two weeks from Monday. And we're going to put two games on it this time, I believe. Yeah. And also, too, before we move into Pisces, I wanted to reach out and ask you guys if there's any way that you can, again, let us know what you like, what you don't like about the podcast, if there's anything that you want to see, what you don't like, all that stuff. Just let us know in the comments below. Just a real quick shout out. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social medias and our websites and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. And word of mouth. Tell people about it. Mm -hmm. Tell people about it. Um, So this is Saturn. I'm not huge into astrology. I don't know a ton about it. Um, but right now we, in March, starting March 7th, we, Saturn entered the Pisces constellation. So it's going to stay there because it is uh, a very slow moving event. It's going to stay there for three years. The last time this happened was 1993 to 1996. So this happens every 26 years, 29 years, something like that. Again, I don't math, 29 and a half years. I returned it. I, I wrote down. So again, the last time it happened was May of 93 to April of 96. So think about where you were in that time period um the time before that was march of 1964 to 1967 then february of 35 to january of 38 so kind of think and, globally right i was gonna say we should look back and see well i have i have that written down oh well i did the research prepared. i did <laughs> so just to kind of let you know saturn in astrology is a very um realistic hard planet it is um, a, a planet of structure. It's a planet of order, of tough love, reality checks. And when it moves into Pisces, they don't really get along well because Pisces is a water sign. Pisces is free flowing. Pisces is emotional. Pisces is is spiritual and fantastical and creative. So you have these two very different um, personalities kind of coming together and they don't really work out well together. Um, there's some conflict. So when Saturn is in Pisces, it's going to act as a wake-up call to you. So you may be faced with making some really tough decisions here in the next three years. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It is going to baby step you into it, but you're going to be faced with reality in these next three years. It is um, maybe you're thinking about changing jobs and you've been bouncing back and forth. Should I? Should I not? Should I stay? Should I go? Saturn in Pisces is going to cause something to happen where you have to make that choice. It's going to say, you, okay, you got to pick now. We're at a point you have to decide what you're going to do. But the decision can be to stay where you are. Absolutely. Though. Absolutely it can. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. And I think a lot of the research I've done is people are, they make it a lot scarier than it is. Mm -hmm. I look at it as you're being almost, I don't want to say forced, but you're being faced with having to, to make yourself better. To grow, you're being, you know, you may have to, and, and you've heard this before, where sometimes you have to be knocked down in order to be built mm -hmm. back up again. And, and that can happen in this situation. Um, Saturn is a very stable energy. So use this stability to rebuild if you need to, or to make these choices. You know, um, maybe you're in a relationship that you don't know if to stay or to go. Use this time of stability to really make those choices. Now, Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac so this is a time of closure for a lot of people um it could be relationships it could be jobs it could be unhealthy behaviors addictions this is that closure time where you can stop doing those things or stop being where you are and have that new fresh beginning so it's not a bad thing 
it's an uncomfortable thing at times. You know, nobody wants to end things. Nobody wants to necessarily, changing jobs can be scary. What about benefits? What about, that can be a little scary. So it's not necessarily bad. It's just not going to be very, very comfortable. Um, something else that I've read a lot about it is, is a, a time for global changes. A global, global matters get affected by this. So I wrote down some of the things that have happened. And again, it's not all bad. It's just this time of ideology. It's this time where people are protesting a lot and making changes. Some of the changes are really good. Some of the changes aren't so good. But it's a, it's a time where there's going to be a lot of, um, or in the past, the history of it anyway, it doesn't mean it's going to happen th that way this time. But the history of it is there is a lot of time of, of change during mm -hmm. these three-year periods. Um, between the first uh, February of 1935 to 38, that was a big time of German nationality. Hitler was coming into power. That was happening. Again, that wasn't an overnight thing. It took time. Um, but also during that time, Social Security Act was developed by Roosevelt because the Great Depression had just ended. So he was cleaning that mess up. Um, Edward VIII in, in England abdicated the throne to go marry a divorcee because the, I don't know, whatever powers that be there, didn't want him to. Turned Who out abdicated it? Edward VIII. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I was thinking of Henry VIII. I was like, no, wait a minute. Was, he would have never. <laughs> that was way before then. But Edward, it was a good thing that he abdicated because he was buddies with Hitler. So who knows what would have happened? So that was a good thing that happened. And then March 64 to 67, civil rights activists in, in the riots and the protests, which a lot of them ended poorly for individual people. But in the end, it gave us a civil rights act. It gave us a, a little more equality. It gave us um, the, the civil rights bill that was passed in the U.S. Um, the Buddhists during that time were in South Vietnam protesting the, against the government. So not all bad stuff, just a lot of, of change, a lot of people trying to make things, in these cases, people were making things better. You know, some people, Hitler, trying to make things worse, but some people were also trying to make it better. So this is a really good time. Um, don't be afraid of it. Don't think, you know, this is, you know, the, the end of times or anything. And, and that's what a lot of the research that I'm reading, these people, what do they call it? Clickbait? Mm -hmm. You know, you click on it and they're like, <laughs> and then you read it. And I'm like, you're like, this isn't that bad. I'm like, what are you, what are, so right. actually read the article because I'm the worst at that. I'll read the title and not the article. Um, but read the article because it's not all... A, a, a bad thing this is a really good time to um i wrote down it's a, it's a good time to make your dreams a reality which sounds like some cliche 80s movie but it is go back to school you know yeah. write your book if you're, you're you've always wanted to write a book open that business you wanted to open um this is a good time for that it's a stable time for that it's a time where those types of dreams can come into fruition and it's funny because i was i was doing this research and i'm thinking i just opened my new business we're doing this podcast. All these things that I've always wanted to do, I've done them. And it's all been February to March, that mm -hmm. time frame. And this is going to last us, guys, from March 7th of this year until February 13th, 2026. <laughs> we got a minute. Yeah. We got a minute. So you have time. Again, it's not overnight. It's going to happen you know, over a, a period of time. But use this to, to grow. You know, I'm not even going to say better yourself because everybody's good the way they are, but grow, become, you know, what you always wanted to be. So don't let it, don't let it scare you. Just kind of take advantage of it while it's here. You cool. got till 2026. Yeah. Get started. Get started.
So what are we talking about next uh, next episode? Next episode, animals. My oh, favorite. Wait, we're doing another paranormal We're doing, we just did the German Shepherd Rescue Friday night, and we got some really cool evidence that we cannot wait to show you guys. Yes. Um, we're also going to talk about animal guides and how to, you know, communicating with pets that have passed over. And then our favorite, we're going to play some more psychic games at mm-hmm. the end of that one. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should actually let them know that the psychic games will be animal themed, just to give them a little hint, something to work from. <laughs> That's know. a good idea. And like Ronnie said, make sure you go on and you like, subscribe, review. That helps us out tremendously. We're really trying to get this podcast off and running. We love doing it. We have a huge list of things that we want to talk to you guys about that we've spent a lot of time researching. We spend a lot of time on this. Um, yeah, follow us on whatever platform you yeah. you love. We're on there, Facebook, Instagram. You can contact us by email. You can go on to our personal websites. You can find the videos on YouTube. I mean, we have tried to think about every possible way for us to interact with you but if we're missing something again feel free to let us know so yep, absolutely well thank you and guys hopefully soon we can okay. we can come up with a phone number and we can have voicemails and things like that so we're going to start we have two guests that we're going to be bringing on very shortly mm-hmm. um and we are going to be setting up a phone line for you to call in for your questions uh we will play those while we are recording so Lots happening. We hope that you guys, you know, stay tuned in to us and let us know what you think. Yep. Well, thanks for tuning in this week and have a wonderful day.